and welcome into In Focus here on News Radio KMAN. Nick McNamara in the studio. As programming notes, later in the episode, we're going to be speaking with, from the Flint Hills Area Transportation Agency Executive Administrator Daphne McNally. They're going to be talking about their 10 years of fixed routes here in Manhattan or the Manhattan area. Interestingly enough, we'll also be talking about another 10-year anniversary with the Discovery Center as uh, the first portion of our show is going to be all about parks and recreation. We have Recreation Supervisor Ryan McKee here, as well as Marketing Coordinator Deanna Light from the Flint Hills Discovery Center, and also in studio, Education Supervisor Kat Colburn. All of y'all, thanks for being here. Welcome. Thank you. And I'm going to move my mic so I can actually look at you. <clears throat> That would be pretty. That would be pretty appropriate, I'd say. But uh, there's a whole host of things going on with Parks and Rec. There's a bunch of events. Discovery Center has a bunch of events going on as well. But before we get into all of that exciting stuff, there's also some uh, kind of nuts and bolts that I have to get out of the way and encourage folks who may be more civically engaged to turn out for the Parks and Recreation Advisory Board coming up today. That's April 4th, 4:30 p.m. at City Hall. And Ryan, or um, I'm not sure who might be the the most preferred to talk about this a little bit, but um, tell us a little bit about what's going on at the uh, at the advisory board today. Um, I think they have lined up. Uh, they're going to feature Katie Jackson speaking on the process of establishing Parks and Recreation Foundation to support financial needs of the organization. Um, I believe Tyler Tripp from the Bicycle uh, Pedestrian Coordinator is going to be present um, for the talking about the new sidewalk project on Fort Riley Boulevard between Westwood and 17th Street. And uh, it's going to request a letter of support for transportation alternatives um, of the grant proposal. And then I believe lastly, um, in my notes here, was Phil Anderson will be presenting um, on the potential, uh, potential downtown Manhattan riverfront development. So um, a lot of things on the agenda tonight. Yeah, definitely. And that's in City Hall, Manhattan City Hall at 4.30 p.m. And if you can't be there, there's also opportunities to watch from home, Cox Cable Channel 3, cityofmhk.com slash TV. Perfect places to check it out. Um, all of it, very interesting conversations. That riverfront development, if you're interested in a little bit more information on that, we did have Phil Anderson in studio, I want to say 2018, 2019, to talk about this. So it's a long-running um, interest of his to talk about that and uh, promote the development there. So... <coughs> But anyway, there's a lot of things going on with Parks and Recreation, and um, probably most recent that I was aware of was the bike or the bike swap that went on uh, just yesterday. That's right. We had a great event. Helps when you have a beautiful day as well. So we were able to open the doors of the pavilion, um, the WeFall Pavilion down in City Park, and um, just a, a beautiful day to come out with families. We ended up having um, 85 family shows, so about 231 people showed up. Um, that registered and brought in 138 bikes plus the 85 we brought in. So we gave away well close to 200 bikes yesterday for the community and just a great event for um, families and people to come out and bring a bring a small a bike that's you know a, a kid a boy girl has grown out of and um, hopefully find a bike that fits their you know suits their needs and um, sizes them up and they can leave with basically a new bike and we got a lot of smiles yesterday and a lot of happy people so. Um, a great day to, to get a new bike and then take it for a ride, obviously. Yeah, and as you mentioned, the weather is so important for this. And it's also, this seems like really well-timed at, right at the beginning of spring. It seems like the great time to get a bike um, in general, as it seems like the perfect time to actually start going out and doing the riding. A little bit earlier in the, in the year, it might be a little cold. There's some potential weather impacts that might hinder your riding ability. Yeah, we had a, and it, one, one thing I want to note is we have a lot of great volunteers for that group. We have um, Karen Hawes is the, is the main uh, point of focus there, and she does such a great job of getting all the volunteers together and 
working with um, Pathfinder and Brew Brothers and um, a lot of great people and volunteers come together to make that event happen. So I want to make sure that they're noted, along with some young folks with um, K-State, you know, came out. Some, we had some fraternity guys show up that um, wanted to work some community hours, and they were just great to have there. So needed their hands as well. So um, great event. Um, it was neat to see everybody in the, in the big line, and uh, people were excited for sure. Well, thank you, Ryan. Thanks. And uh, in studio, as we mentioned, Deanna Likes from Flint Hills Discovery Center and Kat Colburn here as well. And I wanted to get a chance, as this is your first time in studio, to talk to you a little bit about, tell and just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Hi. Thanks for having me. Um, so I'm the education supervisor at the Flint Hills Discovery Center. I grew up here in Manhattan, uh, so I am as they call a townie. So I've been around for a while and I uh, went to K-State for a degree in education and found my way to the Discovery Center as I came back. So Very cool. Very fun. cool. Um, tell me a little bit about sort of maybe uh, some of the things you've been doing around the Discovery Center. I know that there's a lot going on there, especially on the education side. So it sounds like you're a little busy. <laughs> Absolutely. This is our busy season. As everybody knows, this is the time your kids are taking field trips. So I get to plan all of our field trips as teachers come and see all the kids in the building. We do lots of different programming. We offer programs from how rocks formed the Flint Hills to how many cattle you can graze on a pasture. So we've got a lot of different programming that people can come in and see. So all those teachers should sign up because we've got limited space left for your field trip needs. Okay, okay. And we're going to talk a lot more about the things going on at the Discovery Center a um, little bit in after the break. So, But I want to get into some other things going on around Parks and Rec. I just wanted to give an opportunity to introduce you as, you're, as you know, um, it's, it would just feel rude not to talk to you a little <laughs> bit at your first episode here in the first segment at least. So, But thanks for being here. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And um, as we talked about, one of the most recent events was the bike swap, but there's a bunch of other events with Parks and Rec coming up throughout the month of April and probably coming up most soon next that would be is the Easter drive through event. That's right we do have an event coming up for um, our second um, Easter drive through event. Last year we had um, we gave away 900 bags, um, swag bags, so to speak, for, for fit, uh, kids and families coming through. Uh, we do this event over at Hy-Vee. We partner with Hy-Vee. They're a great partner um, for this event, and we have a lot of great volunteers there as well, along with the fire department and EMS and the Riley County Police Department help out with, help out with that. So um, great event. It's on April 16th from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. So look for uh, – more coming out on that um, on our social media, but that'll be on Saturday, April 16th for sure. I see a photo. Uh, it looks like it was from last year's coverage. That's correct. With an Easter bunny there. Will there be Easter bunnies this year? That may or may not be somebody that was related to me. <laughs> <laughs> she had a great time with it. But, yeah, the, the, the Easter bunny probably will be present, yes. Okay, okay, very good. Um, how long has this been going on? I know you mentioned um, you did this last year, but how many years in a row have you all been doing this type of event? Well, we've used – it's kind of funny. Prior to COVID, we did a um, in-the-park um, family fun event with Easter, and we would have following the – the Lions Club Easter egg hunt, we would bring them over for a, a pancake feed in the pavilion, and we'd have games going on and jump houses and a lot of bounce houses, a lot of things like that going on for the community. And since COVID, that's kind of squashed that a bit. So we've we've gone to this drive through event um, just to keep it going and try to keep it you know, doing something for the community. So we had to make a decision on this back in January, and there's still a lot of things going on with COVID. So we decided to do one more year of the drive through So maybe next year we can get back to the park and enjoy the park and the pavilion and 
um, you know, bringing the fire department and all that back over and doing our cash drop that we used to do in the ball field and had a lot of fun with that. So we'll, we'll see if we can get that back next year. But for now, we're going to do another drive through and hopefully that is a success. Yeah, definitely. And in the meantime, perhaps maybe not in the uh, fanfare of the park, but you'll have some decent Easter Bunny uh, appearances going on. That's so right. We hope to. A lot of surprises. So it was all right. And um, also coming up in the month of April is the Youth Outdoor Adventure Challenge. Now, this sounds this sounds a little intense, uh, just putting the adventure <laughs> word in it, but um, I'm sure it's not quite as intense as I'm imagining. This is pretty intense, and it's and a, and a lot of parents come in with a little, you know, angst of, you know, bringing, their, you know, signing their kid up to basically put them out for a mile run and not be the not be able to see them. So it's 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 kind of fun to let see parents come and bring their kids and just let them go. And um, we have obviously we have a lot of fun obstacles out there and um the great people at Wildwood work with us um the adventure uh, park um, and they it's a it's a 1 mile setup and if you anybody wants to get some more information on this on our website we actually put out a video, a short, you know, one and a half minute, two minute video that kind of shows we had a GoPro on a child last year and it shows the different spots they go to and it shows the volunteers interacting with those children as they go through supporting them and helping them and tell them where to go and clapping them on. And so I would I would highly suggest if anybody has any questions prior to signing up or even after they've signed up. Um, getting on our Facebook page and watching that video because it'll give them a good insight of what the, the child is going through in that course. So it's very helpful for that, and I'm going to direct them to that if they're calling me. So um, it's just a good way to show them what exactly they're going to be doing. So they get to climb and jump and you go up hills and underneath um, obstacles and uh, go through a water pit, and it's just it, it's a blast for them. They get muddy, wear old shoes. Did I mention wear old shoes? Because <laughs> we go through, we have a lot of shoes that are lost in the water pit, and uh, it, it's fun though. Like, kids love it. Um, they get dirty and they get worn out, and that's what parents love. So yeah, it sounds like something I would have really enjoyed. Now that you mention it, um, <laughs> maybe these days, maybe not my my favorite thing to do. But as a kid, right up my alley. What are some of the things maybe you take away from this as well? I know there's some like kind of walk away um, gifts as well that come with this. We do. I mean, we do, you know, they have a snack after they're done. And, and the main thing is it's, we call it a challenge more than a race. We want kids to be challenged. We want them to just let them know that they can do it and they can accomplish it and they can do it by themselves. You know, they don't need their mom or dad to, to hold their hand through it. You know, they can go out on their own and and go over the obstacles and, and overcome that. And um, it, that's why we call, we call it a challenge because we want kids to, to challenge themselves and push themselves. So um, and be able to go across that finish line and say that I did it and get a finish medal. Um, and, you know, we, we will have it timed, but that's just kind of just for so they can see how they did from year to year because the, the, the distance doesn't change. So, um, but it's, it's just a great event, and, and we encourage um, parents to sign their kids up to challenge them and uh, let them get outside and get away from their electronics and, and have a good time. So, and that is from, that's for 5 to 14-year-olds just to make sure that that's noted. Um, and it's a one-mile course, and it's out at the uh, Wildwood Adventure uh, Park. So, And there's a $25 cost per participant, mm -hmm. um, and there's various different divisions as well. So it's not necessarily five-year-olds competing with 14-year-olds. There's different breakups there <coughs> so that people are competing with age-appropriate competition. For the most part, yes. They, and, and we do let families, if they have multiple kids, you know, they can kind of go at the same time if they want to, just so they're not hanging around the park all day. So we do allow some um, some ages to be combined in a sense. But for the most part, we try to keep age groups together to the, so they can kind of compete together and have fun. So, But they'll enjoy it, definitely. Yes. Sounds so good. Sounds hopefully good. get some nice weather like we did this last Sunday, right? And they can... 
Hopefully. We'll have yeah. to see. I, you know, I can read the forecast, but whether it turns out that way at the end of the week, it's very can- different question. It's Kansas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Could be <You> snow. Know, <laughs> yeah, honestly, um, I might want to start tra- checking the forecast pretty soon, middle of April. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> anyway, I think it's time for our first break of the morning. When we come back, plenty of more to talk with Parks and Rec and Flint Hills Discovery Center here on In Focus News Radio KMAN. And we're back here on In Focus News Radio KMAN talking with folks from Manhattan Parks and Recreation and the Flint Hills Discovery Center. We're going to transition over to some talk more focused on the Discovery Center. I know we teased a little introducing Kat in the first segment, but we also have Deanna Likes, or is it Deanna Likes? Deanna Okay, Likes, pardon me yeah. making it. I just have that awe pronunciation naturally coming to me, so pardon me there. But you're the marketing coordinator with the Flint Hills Discovery Center. Yes. And there's an assortment of things coming up there as well. We, we talked a little bit about the field trips, but there's also things like Story Walk coming up too. Yeah, we have the Story Walk. I'll let Kat talk about that. She's kind of the spearhead of that. Yeah, so we work with downtown Manhattan, and we put storyboards for the Story Flower Garden by Eve Bunting in different windows. Uh, So it's a lot of fun, and you start at the Discovery Center, and then you make your way to different businesses throughout downtown, and then you finish at the Discovery Center, too. And we are so lucky we get to give away free copies of the book. So when you come into the Discovery Center and you say we've completed the Story Walk as you've gone around downtown, you can come in and get a free copy of the story. So that's the disco- or the story walk, and it is a lot of fun. What a neat way to promote reading, I must say. Mm-hmm. Um, making it engaging like that really makes adds a little bit of something to it. I know there's kids out there who love reading, but putting a little bit of a physical element into it and, and an exploration element, I think can really probably pique some more kids' interest that maybe aren't those reading bugs out there. Absolutely. You get to skip away as you go through the pages of the book. It's also a lot of fun because you get to see different businesses that are downtown that you may not have known were there before. I know I, as I was putting the boards up, I learned of some new businesses downtown. So it's a lot of fun. And you mentioned field trips are constantly going on. Um, This is kind of like one of those field trips, but maybe a different type of program associated separately from them. Yeah, yeah, different. This is a free free event for anyone in the public to come and do. Uh, Field trips are a little little more scheduled and generally through the schools. Yeah, definitely. Um, but there's also summer programs coming up. I know we're still kind of springish time, but it's now the time to start thinking about that and thinking about yes. signing up for them. Now is the time. If you've not signed up for your summer programs for your kids yet, now is the time. We do still have some openings for our summer programs. Uh, we do primarily our first through third summer camp. And we have a few spots left. We've got everything from our ology camp where you learn all about the different science topics. And then we have creature feature and America the Beautiful. So we cover lots of different topics in our summer camps. It's a lot of fun, a lot of really great content for kids. uh, And we do still have space available. When you sign up, is this like a a whole summer deal or can you sign up for like segments of the summer um, for maybe like a a two-week portion or some segment of time shorter than maybe an entire program? Yes, great question. We do not do full summer sign up. It is by the week. So you can sign your kid up for whatever week they are most interested in. Okay, sounds good. So um, I imagine online then you could go online and find a list of various weeks and the topics associated with it, and you can kind of pick and choose and and curate what your summer experience will be like with the Discovery Center. You got it. You can see all the descriptions on our website, uh, and you can also you sign up through mhkprd.com. And I have here on my list of topics the Learning Center, and I'm not familiar with this, so 
can you all can you all fill me in on these details? Um, yeah, the Learning Center is something that the Flint Hills Discovery set up. Um, it's for primarily for teachers. Um, a really great map program um, that that teachers and just the general public can go on and there's free maps um, a beautiful map of the Flint Hills it kind of shows all of the different boundaries what defines the Flint Hills um, the ecoregion versus um, just the you know the the territory of of the Flint Hills and um, and there's a, a portion called pay, uh, teachers pay teachers um, and it's resources that teachers can can use um, and, and help kids learn about the importance and the history um, and just everything about the Flint Hills. So it's, um, it's been a really great resource. Um, and there's a Facebook page as well. Um, and then it's also um, all of that information is on our website at flinthillsdiscovery.org. And as I mentioned earlier in the program, there's a 10-year anniversary we're discussing after this, but you all have a 10-year anniversary going on as well. Yes, we do. Um, that is going to be Thursday, April 14th. Um, we're going to be celebrating all weekend, but um, the 14th is our actual anniversary day. So at, at 11 a.m., we're going to have some music. We're going to have cake, um, refreshments. We're going to have some speakers come in and, and talk about the Discovery Center over the, the last 10 years. Um, and that will all happen at 11. And then at the end of that, there's going to be a balloon drop. Um, and then throughout the entire weekend, so the 14th through the 17th, we're going to have 10% off in our gift store for everyone. Um, and then 10% off memberships, and that's all levels of memberships. Um, and that will actually continue through May. Um, and the great thing about it is that if you have a current membership, you can just add this on um, to the end of your membership. So, um, in, you know, 10% off is, is not a bad deal. Um, and then we're also going to have discounted admission for adults and children. All adults will be $7, and children are 3 and that is ages 2 to 17, and then 18 and older are $7, um, and normally it's 10 and 5. So, um, you know, great chance if you haven't been out to the Discovery Center to come in and, and give it a try and see what it's about. Get that membership. A membership pays for itself um, in, in just three visits, and if you get 10% off, it's less than three visits. Um, and so, you know, if you're local to the area, it's just it's a great thing to do when it's really, really hot. And it's also a great thing to do on a rainy day. Um, and with a membership, you know, if you have an hour, you can come in and just, you know, see the temporary exhibit or, you know, do whatever your favorite activity is at the Discovery Center. And you and you feel like, hey, you know, I got a I got a good deal for for my membership. You know, it's funny you mentioned uh, the hot days and the, the the climate inside the Discovery Center. My parents came out here. I haven't seen them since probably 2018. They visited in 2018. And that's where I took them was the Discovery Center. And it was, I believe, the middle of the summer. And it was scorching out. Going into the movie theater auditorium in there to watch something about uh, graziers and uh, grasslands in the, in the Flint Hills was so refreshing compared to what it was like outside. So I, the second you mentioned that, that's what came to my mind. So if you're, if you have people visiting or if you're maybe perhaps just interested, that's an opportunity for you. Definitely, yeah. Um, that immersive theater experience is, is amazing. You kind of experience all the seasons in there um, in, in about 15 minutes. And it is, I mean, it's just a, you know, it's a great place to learn. It, we've got all of the history and the geology of the Flint Hills. And, um, you know, it's a fascinating region. I think a lot of people think of the middle of Kansas and they think flat and boring and not pretty. And 
then they come to the Discovery Center and they they see that and they experience the Flint Hills and people just leave in awe um, of you know everything that the Flint Hills region has to offer. And that must make the ten years of this center's existence that much more special for you then. It really does. Um, I I don't know if people remember what that area um, looked like 11 years ago. Um, it was not pretty. And now we have, you know, a, a gorgeous center. We've got a park with Blue Earth Plaza um, and our terrace. Um, you can just, you know, look out over, over Manhattan from there. And, um, you know, it's just become such a, a nice area area um, a you know beautiful center and just a great opportunity for for families and um, to just and, and schools with the field trips and and all of our education programs and education programs for adults as well who maybe are not familiar with the Flint Hills region because they're you know they're here for school or they're here because of the military um, and then you know they can they can come and learn about the importance really of the Flint Hills and I wanted to give you an opportunity to uh, plug Friend of the Flint Hills as well. Yes, that's a very important event that we have um, coming up. The Flint Hills Discovery Center Foundation hosts this every year. It's this Saturday, April 9th. So today is the absolute last day to get tickets. So go to flinthillsdiscovery.org and you will see the, the Friend of the Flint Hills. Um, and you can purchase your tickets online. And this year, um, it, it's something that... that the Flint Hills Discovery Center has done every year um, since 2012, honoring someone who has been important in the life of the Flint Hills Discovery Center. And this year, we are so pleased. They are they are honoring Bruce Sneed, who has just been instrumental even before the Flint Hills Discovery Center officially opened. Um, you know, being on the on the city council and the mayor at the time, and just throughout the ten years, he has just done so much for the Discovery Center and we are just so pleased with his efforts and um, his commitment to to the Discovery Center and to the you know the friend of the Flint Hills um, I, I can't think of anybody better who defines a friend of the Flint Hills Discovery Center so it's going to be a, a great event a great night of honoring him um, and then also celebrating that 10-year anniversary and and also honoring some um, longtime volunteers um, we've got we've got great volunteers at the Flint Hills Discovery Center they love being there it's a great place to be and interact with the public um, and you know especially kids so we have some really wonderful volunteers and some who have been with us for the full 10 years Wow Wow reminder that's coming up April 9th. Where can they go to get tickets? FlintHillsDiscovery.org. All right. Fantastic. And uh, we're coming up on 932 here. I did want to circle back to Ryan very briefly. Um, I know you have a number of job postings uh, open and um, some other events coming up you want to touch on very quickly. Yeah, just really quick. Um, I just want to say that, you know, Little Apple Day Camp's doing great. Um, Molly's doing a great job with that, getting staff ready for that. We are sold out on that. Um, currently, um, lifeguards, we're still taking, looking for lifeguards and customer service at the water parks. Contact our office as soon as you can. Also, I want to shout out to our parks 
division. You know, they keep our park looking great. Um, they keep things as much as they can. They're understaffed as well, but they're just doing the best they can to keep things looking awesome for everybody to enjoy. Um, our rec center staff, we have the three new rec centers that are just um, just a great – we get so many positive feedback. Um, people are talking about how great they are to be able to go and enjoy and exercise and um, take advantage of those. So big, big plug out for those as well. So um, if you're interested in volunteering or in, if you have a child that's a high school or a college-age kid that wants a job, get a hold of us. Let us know. We could, we got applications available right now um, through our website, so make sure they apply, and uh, we'd like to get them um, uh, get them going for sure because we could sure use the help. So <clears throat> we do, do a lot of great things for the community, and we want to keep doing them. Definitely. And Deanna, do you have any openings or any volunteer opportunities that you want to put out there as well? Yeah, well, we always have volunteer opportunities. We always, you know, welcome volunteers who love the Flint Hills Discovery Center as much as, as we do. But it, it, it really is a great place to work. Um, and we are hiring for guest service and gift shop attendant. Um, and that's, you know, if you if especially if you like interacting with the public, that is the main thing that they do, um, you know, let people know this is what's happening today at the Flannels Discovery Center um, and really interact with with our, our guests. Um, and so, yeah, we are hiring for that position. And um, you can see that um, listed with all of the other city open positions. Sounds good. And if you want to check out any more information on events coming up or just things going on with the departments or the Discovery Center at all, flintillsdiscovery.org, mhkprd.com. And a reminder... The advisory board for Parks and Rec meets today, 4.30, at City Hall. Thank you all for being here. I really appreciate the time. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Nick. Thank you. All right, and that'll do it for this portion of In Focus on News Radio KMAN. Stay tuned. We're going to talk with Daphne McNally from the Flint Hills Area Transportation Agency next on In Focus. And we are back on In Focus News Radio KMAN. Thanks to everyone from Manhattan Parks and Rec and the Flint Hills Discovery Center for taking the time to come out to the studio and talk with me. I always appreciate that. A host of things going on there. MHKPRD.com, FlintHillsDiscovery.org if you missed any of that. We're transitioning to a different conversation today, though, or this portion of, the, of today, that is. We're going to be talking about the Flint Hills Area Transportation Agency. Executive Administrator Daphne McNally is here in studio with me. Daphne, thanks for being here. Yeah, good morning. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. It's an interesting morning. Yes. Um, it's nice out, which is what I appreciate. Um, I could use a little bit rain, but I do like some sun, too, so... I'm, I'm happy either way on that one. I wake up to the pollen report every morning to see how my day is going to go at this point, but I'm doing all right. I mean, I love spring for that reason, but I wish that pollen would go away. <laughs> you know, as a, as a lucky non-allergy haver, um, I don't really have to worry about that too much, and I, I don't envy you, and I apologize I'm, I'm for jealous. the difficulties of that. <laughs> uh, I, I live with someone who deals with that uh, yeah. quite a bit, so, you know, as I see the pollen falling off trees, I oh, always, yeah. like... I think it's smoke at first when <laughs> I think there's a fire and then I realize what it is. Oh yeah. And, uh, we went to the baseball game yesterday for K-State and it was really enjoyable, but paying for it today. So. Oh jeez. Well, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you continue to feel better and, yes. and it doesn't bog you down too much. Oh, I'm all right. <laughs> but we're going to be talking about various things going on around the Area Transportation Agency, yeah. specifically Adabus. It's 10 years of fixed routes. Yes, yeah, so we're really excited about this. It's a, a big milestone for the company. Um, 10 years ago in Manhattan, we started our fixed route service, and it's something that I think is super beneficial to this area. It's been adapted over time, and now we really reach a lot of areas of Manhattan, and now we have fixed routes also in Junction City. Um, and those are essentially just those stops that you see everywhere. I think people get a little confused with transit lingo. 
But fixed route just means that's a route you can hop on, you know where it's going and you know where you can get off. So I'm happy to have them. And because we have that, we have fair free Fridays throughout the month of April just to celebrate that. And that's handy, you know, um, for those who use the, the service regularly, that could save you a little bit of money, a good chunk of change every Friday. If you're doing multiple trips a day, that that could add up. Yeah, and I mean, actually, it's pretty affordable. A, a one-day pass is usually $2, but this way, if you've never tried it before and you are kind of wary about how to get on the bus or ride it and you don't want to waste your money by being confused, this gives you that opportunity to hop on and kind of experiment while it's free so that you can't really make too big of a blender. Yeah, sounds good, yeah. Um, and fare free, that's very cool. And as you're talking about fixed routes, um, the difference be between fixed routes, uh, the reason you specify the fixed routes is it's mm-hmm. different than those maybe call for services yeah. as a, you, know, you could get with uh, the bus as well. Yeah. So we do have a demand response service, which is that door to door service. Um, it works really great for those who are qualified. Uh, it kind of just depends on if you qualify. Easiest is if you're over the age of 60 or if you have an ADA reason. Um, but also if you live without like outside of the radius of our fixed routes, you can also qualify. But the majority of homes in Manhattan and residences are within the fixed route means, but we still have lots of people who kind of are a little outside of that. And I may have overemphasized the the cost. I was kind of, <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> I was kind of playing off of the fact that eight dollars is a lot to me. <laughs> no, that's okay. And I mean, it, it is like that can make a difference for a lot of people. And I know the first time you try something, you don't really want to toss a lot of money into it or get yourself confused and then be like, "Why did I waste two dollars on that?" But um, it's usually how I feel after I order Chipotle. But <laughs> I uh, I just think it's a a good way for people who maybe aren't as experienced or if you've got a big load of family that you want to take and that's two dollars per person that way you know then this is a way to kind of try that but we do try to keep it affordable and especially with gas right now i can promise you it's cheaper than that (laughs) and that's actually a great way to get into the the conversation a little bit if you're interested in trying it out and you've never tried it out um if you've not been on adibus how should you get started where do you go to find out where you're where you're trying to go um where do I find out about routes, all of those sorts of things? Yeah, so the best place to start is on our website. It's fhata.org. And once you get on there, you're going to see a lot of information. It's probably going to be a little bit too much, but the easiest place to start is to just go check out the routes. Go to the page that says routes, look at them, kind of explore where they go. There's routes that lead to different areas of town. Our biggest one is Route 1. That's going to be your big loop that's going to get you to the main areas like Walmart, Dillon's, those main hubs where you can kind of branch off onto other routes too. Um, And then once you've done that, maybe go explore the fares page. That will show you a chart of how much things cost, but if you're riding on Fridays, it's kind of irrelevant. (laughs) But then there's also a a writer handbook on there. Uh, That's got a ton of information, but it also just explains like, can I bring my bicycle? What if I have a stroller? You know, like are children allowed on the bus? And the answer to all of those is yes, those things are welcome. But, you know, it is good to go on there and kind of familiarize yourself so you're not feeling as worried about trying that experience for the first time. And then there's also some apps out there, too, that yeah. can help with this, too. The website's very handy, but you, you can get you can find out about the routes and things like this. Also, I think through Google Maps these days, too. Yeah, so you can see us on Google Maps, um, but our new app, Transit, is a free app, and it's used globally. It's really a fantastic app. Um, and once you download that, it'll automatically just pull up whatever 
routes you have in your area. So if you open it up in Manhattan, you're going to see the Atabus routes. You'll also see how much it would cost to order an Uber or a Lyft and where the Lyft scooters are. Um, and with that, it'll also show you, hey, where do you want to go? So if you are trying to get from, you know, right here at the radio station, maybe over to Walmart, it'll say, okay, you have to walk two minutes to get to your stop. And then after that, you're going to hop on this bus and ride for five and then hop off again. And so it really teaches you how to use that service. And you can also purchase your fare on there. And the first time you do purchase, it's 50% off. Okay, very good. Yeah. Very good. And does this, in the process of perhaps charting your, your route, will it kind of give you the lead times on when you need to maybe plan on leaving to be able mm-hmm. to make it to the bus stop and to be there when the bus is actually getting there? Yeah, it does. It, it kind of explains that. It says you need to go in five minutes, especially it'll time it too for knowing you might need to walk also. So saying you need to leave your house at this time and walk for this amount of time. It's it's very helpful. We've really enjoyed having it. And I think predominantly it's used by K-State students. So we'd like to see some more people start using it in the community, but it is a helpful tool. And I know K-State is, is of the of the publicly funding agencies for mm-hmm. the for the area transportation agency, probably the largest funder of in regards to local governments. I wish I could tell you. I <laughs> don't do as much with that side of things, but I do know they contribute quite a bit, um, and that's a good thing. And so we enjoy having that partnership with K-State, and because of that, they do have their own routes that go university-wide too. So, And as you mentioned, there is a handbook, a rider handbook on the uh, – transportation agency website. Mm-hmm. But so one of the important topics of it, something of concern these days or of interest that you should know when you're going to the bus is the rules on masks. Yes. So unfortunately, we still kind of fall under TSA. I know that everybody else is kind of lightening up, but we are still falling under that mask mandate until April 18th. Every day it is a gamble as to whether or not they'll extend it. So if you see that airlines are requiring it, add a bus is too. Yep. Yeah. And uh, whenever that changes, of course, we'll keep you posted. Yes. Um, but as we ro- as we noted, uh, talking with Daphne McNally from the Flint Hills Area Transportation Agency, and um, something I always find very fascinating or very important about the service, and something that really I think is just uh, very special about it is you can get within a very short walking distance of just about any service you might need. Yeah. Uh, health service. Um, grocery service, whatever it might be, um, something that's always very touted by the organization and city folk as well as they talk about the about the organization is it's been very specifically crafted so that people can get to those necessary stops very quickly. Yeah, I think that's definitely a priority we place on that. And there is a lot of research that goes into route planning that I don't think the public probably looks at too much. But that is a huge aspect of making sure that when we have public transportation at our reach, it's useful. It's something that we can take for not only an enjoyment thing, but also a useful thing that is getting people where they need to be and also where they want to be. And we're running short on time, so I wanted to give one last opportunity to plug some of the things going on with the organization. Uh, We have Fair Free Friday, but um, I just want to turn it over to you and and give you an opportunity for some last words. Sure, yeah. So we are still actively hiring drivers. It's something that I think a lot of people would really actually enjoy. Uh, We are working on some driver testimonials, so you'll see those on our page too. And go give our Facebook page a like. We're really trying to build that presence up, and we would appreciate to have you guys following us. And fantastic. That should be under Adabus, or would it be Flint Hills Area Transportation I Agency believe then? it's Flint Hills Adabus on Facebook. All right. Sounds good. And we'll do our best to link this when we uh, when we post this up online as well, sure. too. Daphne, thanks for being here. Really yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much, Nick.
All right. And that will do it for this segment. When we come back, we have a pre-recorded segment. Brandon spoke with Linda Duke from the Mariana Kistler Beach Museum of Art. So we'll play that for you next on In Focus News Radio KMAN. We are back here on In Focus News Radio KMAN. Move my microphone over here. We have Linda Duke in studio. She is the director of the Mariana Kistler Beach Museum. And I think it's been a while since we've had you in studio. Good morning. Good to be back. Thank you, Brandon. Absolutely. And uh, things have been pretty exciting over the Beach Museum. I guess you guys were closed for a little while during the pandemic, but uh, how, what you've been open for a little while. We opened back up in August, so we've been going full force since then. We have continued to offer a lot of our programming online just because we noticed we were reaching new audiences that way. So we've got our galleries open and some in-person events, but online too. Let me scoot up just a little bit there. The microphones uh, are a little touchy here. They've got to be right up on top. Okay. Uh, well, you, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. The online aspect of the Beach Museum, I think, is fantastic. I've uh, gone on there a few times to look at the exhibits. You guys do the 3D really well. The I don't know how who you guys utilize for that, but it's really done nicely. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that. We uh, got a very generous offer from the Alms Group, a local uh, realty group that has a philanthropic educational mission, and they provided that Matterport 3D tour for us and have offered to keep doing that. And we're so grateful. That's a wonderful added feature to our online exhibitions. Well, it, it is certainly uh, nice to see that because you, a lot of those you can go on and it just doesn't quite serve um, the purpose of it doesn't and it will never replace the actual physical space, but it does a pretty good job, I think. It does. It does give people a sense of what it would be like. And I think if people see it ahead of time, it makes them more eager to come. They see how cool the, the project really is. Well, no question about it. Looking ahead to next week, and, and the reason you're here today is uh, some uh, public conversations and performances that are going to be happening. And uh, one of them is happening on April 6th. That's right. And um, before I describe that, I just want to say that both the the events on both April 6th and 7th at McCain Auditorium uh, are related to our exhibition, Gordon Park's Homeward to the Prairie, I Come. That exhibition is on view along with Doug Barrett's show through May 28th at the museum. And from the start of working on that project about Gordon Parks, remarkable Kansas-born artist from Fort Scott, uh, became just an internationally known director, uh, music composer, filmmaker, photographer, artist, poet, uh, really a multi-talented person. Uh, K-State is very honored to have uh, an amazing collection housed at the museum of his photographs chosen and given to the museum by Parks himself in 1973. Uh, so the show really focuses on those photographs that have never been studied, and uh, there will be a free online catalog coming out very soon related to the exhibition. So at any rate, as soon as we started working on that project, 
we realized that we wanted to do some really stunning things in the community that, that brought this alive for people. And we uh, worked with McCain Auditorium. Todd Holmberg has for a long time wanted an opportunity to bring jazz great Terrence Blanchard to perform at McCain. So indeed, Terrence will be coming. He will be uh, performing a free live concert in McCain with his band, the E Collective and also accompanied by Turtle Island String Quartet, a group that he's been doing a lot of collaborations with and composing for. So that will be at 7.30 on the evening of Thursday, <coughs> April 7th. But even, or I shouldn't say even more, but just as exciting, the night before, on Wednesday, April 6th, Terrence Blanchard will do an educational residency, meet with high school students, meet with university students. And that evening at 7 o'clock, he will participate in an onstage public conversation with two other really interesting artists. One is Andrew Scott, uh, a multimedia artist who collaborates with Terrence quite often and is based at University of Texas, Dallas. And the other is Kevin Wilmot, known to many people in your audience here, I think, um, teaches film studies at KU in Lawrence, was on stage with Spike Lee to receive an Academy Award for the script he co-wrote of Black Klansman. Yeah. Uh, so those three men, Terrence, Andrew, and Kevin, we'll have a conversation on stage about using art to make our world better, to make our society more just and compassionate. And the link really, Brandon, is that early in his career, Gordon Parks wrote a book called A Choice of Weapons. And that book was about his decision to use his artistry to fight racism and bias and uh, improve the world. And all three of these men have cited him as an inspiration. So those are the, the ideas and the connections behind this conversation. Uh, the conversation is free. One doesn't need a ticket to come. The concert the next night is also free. <laughs> Isn't that a treat? Oh, yeah. However, McCain is asking people to get tickets. You can call or get them at the box office. You can call and, and will call them the night of, you know, pick them up there at the night of the concert. But you do need a free ticket. So we're really excited about this coming to our community. And I can't resist mentioning that in addition to Kevin being an Academy Award recipient, Terrence Blanchard has received six Grammy Awards. So this is a pretty star-studded group. The last thing I'll say is that Andrew Scott has been working remotely with a handful of K-State students all year, and they have fashioned a really unique virtual stage set for the band's performance uh, using Park's imagery. And that stage set is going to travel to other venues with the band. Um, Matthew Gaynor, the head of the art department at K-State, has been co-mentor for the students on this. And 
personally, I think what a great resume piece for a student to have worked on a professional project that tours the country with a real A-list group of artists. Yeah, no kidding. Well, that that is a star-studded lineup and really a treat for our, our community here. And, you know, the, the free aspect is great. And I'm sure there's a lot of maybe underwriting or something that helps kind of support that. Yes, we've had a lot of support from the Gordon Parks Foundation itself, from uh, the Dow Multicultural Fund at Hale Library, from the Weary Family Foundation, from the Deal Fund. Uh, we've we've just really been fortunate to have others see the value of bringing this to our community again uh, those events are happening next week wednesday april 6th is uh, art matters now three artists reflect that's at seven o'clock and then thursday april 7th the presence of absence gordon parks through an emp- empathic lens uh, 7 30 and that's where the uh, the the concert will take place and uh, mccain on both days uh, and so with the tickets then, you get them through McCain? That's right. Through McCain. They're not available online, unfortunately, but people okay. can call or stop by the box office. I'll only add that the conversation on the 6th uh, will also be available online if someone can't come to the auditorium. I'd like to really encourage people to turn out. But if you need to watch it remotely, you can go to the museum's website and find a way on the calendar to log on to that. Okay. As far as uh, your Beach Museum hours of operation, what is that right now? Yeah, they're still the same. So we're open from 10 until 5 on Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. On Thursdays, we're open 10 until 8 in the evening. And on Saturday, we're open 11 to 4. So closed to the public Sunday and Monday. Okay. It's been a while since I've been out there. I'm going to have to make a, a trip soon. I hope so. Yeah. I need to see that exhibit. I've been dying to see it. I just haven't made time to do it yet. So got got a little bit. I don't think I'm doing anything this weekend. So maybe I'll do it this weekend. Come by. All right. Well, thank you so much, Linda. And uh, we'll talk again real soon. Thank you, Brandon. All right, stay tuned. More in focus continues in a moment. News Radio KMAN.